from the studios of Farm Journal Broadcast. This is Ag Day. Meat exports continue to surprise to the U.S. industry and export values nearly $500 ahead this last year in 2022. So where could U.S. beef be heading next? Dairy delivers in 2022. We got some exciting news in October. We look ahead to the future at this year's Milk Business Conference. As some hopeful signs emerge about inflation sending the markets higher right now on Ag Day. Good morning, I'm Clinton Griffiths. Grain and livestock markets making gains along with outside markets. After a new report showed inflation in the U.S. slowed again last month. The government says consumer prices rose 7.1% last month from a year ago. That's down from 7.7% in October. And the recent peak of 9.1% set back in June. It represents the fifth straight monthly slowdown. Some market watchers say it's the strongest evidence to date. Inflation in the country is steadily slowing from the price hikes that first hit about 18 months ago. Taking a look at just food at home inflation, it's up 12% over the last 12 months. Now that's up half a percent from last month. Diving deeper, this is the year-over-year -year percentage change in retail food prices. You can see eggs up for the year almost 109% while flour comes in second, followed by coffee, pasta, cookies, and sugar, while bacon, lean ground beef, and other beef products have declined. New numbers show demand for U.S. beef overseas continues to grow. The U.S. Meat Export Federation reporting October beef exports are up 8% from a year ago, and in the first 10 months of this year, beef export value increased 18%. Farm Journal's Tyne Morgan updates us on demand for U.S. beef around the world and possible new markets. China continues to show a hunger for U.S. grass-fed beef. The numbers show in 2021, China had record grain, meat, and poultry imports. This year will be slightly down from last year's crazy numbers, but still uh, very high. And the, the, you know, the trend is for more food imports. And that's why he sees continued growth for U.S. meat exports for now. Do they want to reduce their dependence on food imports? Yes. But I think, I think they'll take a pragmatic approach. Randy Block of Cattle Facts is watching the robust hunger for U.S. meat unfold globally. If you look at demand curves in here, global beef demand is at the highest level on record here in 2022. He says that's happening despite beef demand in the U.S. tapering off a bit compared to the historic demand the past two years. And a key piece of 2022's success is the exports. For every pound of beef that we export, we, get a, we generate about 60 cents a pound more on what we export versus what we import. You bring that all back to a value proposition to the U.S. industry, and export values nearly $500 ahead this last year here in 2022. While a shrinking cattle herd in the U.S. could curb the volume of exports over the next few years, Block thinks meat exports will moderate but not see a sharp drop in 2022. And one area where the U.S. still has the upper hand is in high-quality beef. The U.S. produces 70 to 75 percent of all of that high-quality protein or beef, 
in the, in the global marketplace. As the popularity of e-commerce for food shopping explodes in the Asia-Pacific region, USMEF's Jihai Yan says the country that's the most advanced in e-commerce right now is Korea. They actually can buy anything, even if the fresh steak or ice cream or fresh vegetable through e-commerce that will be delivered uh, early in the morning on the next day. And even at the cheaper price. In the past 20 years, per capita meat consumption in Korea alone has grown 60%, and that's largely due to eating more beef and chicken. If the, uh, they are the pinched with the uh, tight budget, they cut down the fruit first, and then vegetable, seafood, and the meat is the last one they cut down the uh, spending. All right, thanks, Tyne. And what about moving that product overseas? It appears to be getting a little cheaper. Logistics company Freito says the average spot rate for a 40-foot equivalent unit is just over $1,400. That's moving between Asia and the West Coast. That's down 26% from the previous week and down a whopping 90% from a year ago levels. East Coast rates are also down 78% lower from a year ago. Fredo says lower fuel prices are helping to bring those prices down. That massive winter storm we first told you about yesterday brought severe weather to the central U.S. Tuesday. That includes dangerous blizzard conditions in the central and northern plains, icy weather in the upper Midwest, and severe storms with tornado threats along the Gulf Coast. At the Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport, passengers were told to move away from the windows as alarms went off due to severe weather in the area. And the severe weather continues here midweek with blizzard warnings up in other parts of the country. Meteorologist Matt Yurisovic joins us with more. That's right, Clinton. We've got some messy weather across the middle part of the country, and it's bringing some severe weather to parts of the south and the east coast as well. Heavy rain turning to heavy snow. We've got a lot of that going on, and behind this system, cold air going to be moving on in. Take a look at these temperatures across the upper Midwest all the way back into the uh, northern Rockies. Temperatures falling down into the 20s. Even some teens going to be seen over the next few days. And as this system moves eastward, that cold air going to follow it right on through the middle part of the country. So anywhere that is seeing some heavy rain right now, it is going to drop uh, some at least 10 or 15 degrees as we head towards the end of this week, we're going to be watching for heavy snow continuing across the north central part of the country and then right on into the northern Great Lakes. And then as this system slowly starts to wrap up, we see a lot of lake effect snow that's going to be kicking in downwind of the Great Lakes as we head, especially towards Friday, Saturday and Sunday, something that will continue to track right here on Ag Day. Yields in the Fields on Ag Day is brought to you by Micro Essentials from Mosaic. The science of more. Discover our proven products. Text YIELDS to 31313. And it was a busy day yesterday for Christy Gertis with more than 8 inches of snow predicted for Billings, Montana. They trailed the cows home before the storm arrived. I'll have more on your forecast coming up. Weed Warriors on Ag Day is brought to you by Fierce, a pre-emergence herbicide with three formulations. Learn more at valent.com slash fierce. Always read and follow label instructions. For this Weed Wednesday, why fighting back against weeds starts by cleaning your combine. Just look at where foreign materials such as weed seed can collect 
inside of your combine. Now it's estimated one Palmer Amaranth plant can churn out 500,000 seeds. One water hemp plant can create 250,000. Daniel Smith is an agronomist with the University of Wisconsin-Madison. He says when a combine rolls over those two plants, around 95% of that seed is retained until it can be mechanically separated. Now he says a vast majority of that comes out of the back of the combine, but he's estimating 20% stays inside to be slowly dispersed back into the field or beyond. So how do you get rid of it? Before you park the combine, make sure you use a cordless electric leaf blower and diesel-powered air compressor to clean it out, especially the head and grain platform along with the feeder house. Good advice there. We'll dig into the dairy industry and the outlook for markets coming up next and later rethinking this year's farming decisions with growers in Louisiana. We'll look back today. Ag Day is brought to you by Germinator Closing Wheels. Germinator Closing Wheels provide quicker emergence and are more consistent in dry conditions than any other closing wheels. Order 12 to 16 rows today and qualify for free shipping or 20% off an end zone moisture management package. Prices in the dairy aisle don't seem to be easing heading into the holidays, but the dairy industry says even with the inflation headwinds, there are some bright spots for dairy consumption in the U.S. The latest consumer price index revealing dairy and related products rose 16.4% year over year. And while some shoppers may be opting for fewer name brand dairy items overall, dairy consumption is still growing, especially whole milk products that boast nutritional health. We got some exciting news in October from the USDA and that was per capita dairy uh, consumption was up 12% over the previous year. Now that 12% was driven by cheese, butter, and yogurt. If you look at those three categories over the previous decade, it was 18% increase, 13% increase, and 2% respectively. So, you know, those things excite us. Irwin says one of those partnerships is with the Mayo Clinic. The research will explore the science of dairy foods and the role whole milk products play in cardiovascular and metabolic health. Farm Journal Stein Morgan is at this year's conference. We will have more reports from her throughout the week, including Starbucks' take on dairy in their stores. And we saw strong dairy prices this year, but margins were only so-so due to higher feed prices. So what can we expect going forward? Agnes Michelle Rook talks it over with Brian Doherty. Joining us today with market analysis, Brian Doherty with Total Farm Marketing. And Brian, uh, let's talk about the milk market because we've had a setback in that market. It seems like demand, demand fears globally have kind of overridden or outweighed uh, some of the tight supplies that we've seen. They have. We're just not seeing that robust across the board momentum in the milk market. Production numbers were up a little bit last month. And unfortunately, if you're bullish, you, you can look at the idea of increased demand and the economic conditions, you, you might want to argue friendly stock market trying to hold up its momentum, but you just don't have that demand that we saw, or more importantly, you just don't have that fear of tightening supply. It looks like that has leveled off or increased a little bit. Yeah, I know that was kind of what was helping to push the market early on. Do we get back above $20 here per 100 weight on the milk oh, market? I, you know, I, th I think we do. I, I, what, what I'm arguing is I don't think we're going to see that $23 to $25 milk number anytime real soon unless there's something else behind the market. Now, last year when we saw those 
those prices and with a big push higher we talked about uh, weather affecting corn and maybe you know there's all that talk of you know ten dollar corn and things dry weather that had the the consumer uh, or the producer really concerned I, I don't think we have really any of those variables from a perceptive momentum carrier right now and so what it looks like is the producers kind of weathered the storm. They're producing a little bit more. We're not seeing the demand cycle in in a big way. We can hope that happens, but you got to have it happen to actually push prices higher. And we're just not seeing that yet. And and the, the, the end result is, is that it looks like the consumer is probably a tepid buyer at higher prices. And consequently, you're kind of stuck in this around $20 mark. Okay, appreciate Appreciate your time and analysis as always. Brian Doherty with Total Farm Marketing, and we'll have more Ag Day, including Ag Weather, coming up. To discuss marketing strategies, call 800-334-9779. Coverage of the 2022 Milk Business Conference on Ag Day is brought to you by Rabo AgriFinance. Discover how an unmatched network of local relationship managers and sector experts can help you confront agriculture's challenges and seize the opportunities that lie ahead. Growing ambition. Learn more at raboag.com. Meteorologist Matt Yurisavik joining us here, taking a look at our jet stream. And you can see right there over Omaha where this storm system's sitting. Yeah, and it's going to continue to move kind of to the north and east. And as it does, it's going to pull in a lot of cold air there on the backside, but also allow temperatures to surge a little bit out ahead. And you can see the jet stream kind of dips down to the south right through the middle of the country, but then surges to the north along with those temperatures right along the east coast. That's going to allow a little bit above average temperatures, especially up into places like Atlanta, Wilmington, Richmond. But then the colder air starts to come in on the backside of this system. That's going to bring very much below average temperatures through a big part of the country, not only for the rest of this week, but into next week and leading right into that Christmas holiday as well. Here's a look at the jet stream. Notice that storm system where it's moving. It's kind of stalls out over Minneapolis, but continues to spread colder air. And with that wind coming out of the west northwest, lake effect snow going to be possible downwind of the lakes there as we head into the weekend. Then we get a little bit of burst of some milder temperatures earlier next week. But here comes the cold air just in time for the holiday weekend slowly drifting southward into parts of the uh, really the northern half of the country and that's something that we're going to continue to keep an eye on temperatures though out ahead a little on the milder side but notice we've got the colder air continuing to move in on the backside of this system cold front tomorrow morning right across parts of the midwest and that will continue to move eastward as you can see that colder air filtering in back to the west so here's that system right here big cold front pushing a lot of moisture up from the gulf of mexico and along this front, some of those showers and thunderstorms could be on the heavier side down in the south. Meanwhile, heavy bands of snow continue along with very gusty winds and some blizzard warnings continue in areas up uh, into the Dakotas really through uh, Thursday evening. So as we head through this, this is where most of the snow is going to fall really from eastern Montana through the Dakotas and then northern parts of the Great Lakes and Midwest. That's where most of the snow will be falling, but a lot of moisture with this is as well. Farther down to the south, a couple of storm systems over the next 10 days going to bring heavy rainfall to the mid-south and deep south, something we'll continue to track right here on Ag Day. That's a look around the country. Now let's take a look at the weather where you live.
Birmingham, Alabama, periods of showers with a high near 61 degrees. Heading to Wall, South Dakota, a blizzard warning in effect. Snow and blowing snow likely, a high of 21. And Amarillo, Texas, sunny and cooler, a high of 48. The NRCS Conservation Stewardship Program cost shares more than 150 practices on farms and ranches. Visit your local service center or farmers.gov today. Not just beef, but exports of pork continue to be strong. October numbers were the largest in 16 months. Shipments neared 240,000 metric tons. That's up 5% year over year. It's the largest export month for pork since June of 2021. Values were also higher, climbing 13% to near $700 million. So far this year, however, shipments are down in 2022 compared to last year, off about 12% in tonnage and 8% lower in value. The U.S. Meat Export Federation says a couple of factors are working in the sector's favor, though. Good sales of variety meats and a resumption of demand from China. And a new report says there's hope for continuing growth for pork markets in Chile. Market research company Jira Foods reports Chile will need imported pork depending on how much its own farmers ship to China. The information was gathered at the request of the National Pork Board. Now, according to the authors, the U.S. needs to continue focusing on price, building relationships, reducing time to market there, offering service, and telling its sustainability story. Now, Brazil is a major competitor, but Jira Food says opportunity for growth definitely exists for U.S. frozen pork. Now, for farmers, each growing season is full of difficult decisions. We're off to Louisiana next to see how farmers there handled one of the most expensive seasons ever in the country. And you only have a few days left to register for the Case IH Holiday Giveaway. One lucky winner will be drawn each day next Monday through Friday. We'll announce those winners on Ag Day. They will receive a Case IH prize pack. Then the grand prize winner will be announced on U.S. Farm Report on Christmas Eve. They'll win a Farm All Seed pedal tractor. To enter, head to the website on your screen, caseihholidaygiveaway.com. As 2022 wraps up, now is a good time to remember and review the farming decisions from this year. In Louisiana, regardless of what they planted this spring, farmers grew one of their most expensive crops ever. This week in Louisiana Agriculture's Carl Wiggers visited a farm making tough decisions in Lake Providence as planters rolled. Ahead of this spring, a lot of farmers like Philip Tomlinson have been really crunching numbers. Over the past few months, that's been even tougher with such volatility in the markets and the increased price of inputs. The challenge for us is that it's going to cost close to $100 an acre more to grow a soybean crop this year than it did last year. When you look at the real world economics of that, that's, you know, $13 soybeans, $100 an acre to grow the crop. That's what, six, seven bushels to an acre more that we need the crop to produce to, to make money this year. According to Tomlinson's retailer, Hall Schneider, that increase is coming from fertilizer and herbicides. We've seen fertilizer prices go from two to three hundred percent higher across, you know, the different fertilizers that we use. Uh, we've seen chemicals go up some three to four times higher than we than we used last year. It makes it tough to make a decision on what you're going to plant. For Tomlinson, the decision is made. He is not planting any corn this year. 
While he's feeling the strain on his farm, Tomlinson knows that he is not alone. It's no different for me than it is for you or anybody else. I mean, we're all at the mercy of everything that's happened for the last two years. The average consumer is paying more at the gas pump. They're paying more at the grocery store. They're paying more at the doctor's office because of inflation and all these other factors. And it's the same way in agriculture and on the farm. In Lake Providence, I'm Carl Wiggers for This Week in Louisiana Agriculture. All right, thanks Carl, and thanks to This Week in Louisiana Agriculture for sharing that story. And that's all the time we have this morning. We're sure glad you tuned in. From all of us here at Ag Dan, Clinton Griffiths, have a great day.